Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Giant Pod with me, Andy Rintmore. My guest this week is Ashley Thompson. You might know him from the hit Netflix show, The American Barbecue Showdown. In this episode, we're going to talk about the history of barbecue, the importance of barbecue culture to the South in the States. We're going to talk about his friend Big Worm and his legacy that he's trying to keep alive through his recipes and going on the show. Talking of the show, we're going to talk about backstage stuff. We're going to talk about behind the scenes things. We're going to talk about the workings of being inside a, a TV production machine like that. We're talking about life after the show. We're going to talk about barbecue legends, Tootsie Tamantes and Rodney Scott from the Netflix show The Chef Table. Talking about a whole host of things. Ashley was really great. He really opened my mind to a lot of uh, barbecue things. I didn't really know a lot going into this, and now I feel like I kind of get it. Great time with this. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. Lee Thompson, what's happening, dude? What's up, buddy? Appreciate you um, coming on, spending some time with me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. You look exactly as you do on the telly. Yeah, they did a good <laughs> job playing me, man. Uh, they wanted, uh, before we went on, they uh, wanted a bunch of pictures of stuff that we would wear and, you know, every day and stuff. So that's what our, that's what, that's what we were, uh, our, our wardrobe was based off of. I see, I see. I did notice quite a lot of Carhartt in the series. Were they a spon- were they a sponsor? Was there a couple of like sort of silent sponsors? I don't I don't know if it was like um Carhartt sponsored them or not. Um more so than they just found the apron and just so happened to be Carhartt. Right. You know, so it, 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 it was a really really cool apron and uh I've actually tried to uh reach out to Carhartt Right. And see if, you know, but I mean, of course, that huge company. They never, I, I never heard back from them. I was watching something on Carhartt the other day, actually. You know, their beanie, um, they've got an iconic beanie, which is essentially just a beanie hat with the little Carhartt thing stitched on. I don't know how much it costs them to make. Probably not a lot per, you know, unit. And they sell, um, they sell about a billion of them a year or something. Yeah, four, I don't know, four, uh, four million. I can't remember now, but it, it's like an awful lot of sales for this one little beanie. Um, yeah, and uh, and I didn't realize that, that they, you know, I thought they were trendy workwear, but I didn't realize that they had so much rich history in being, you know, genuine hard wearing workwear. They're they're really popular around uh, kind of my area. The 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 south farming stuff like that that's just uh they're the jackets and stuff to have so if anybody ever watches and comes across has connections and car hearts into my way i love <laughs> i love thoughts of them so i still have my aprons i actually got uh I, they they had two and we weren't supposed to uh come home with them <laughs> uh, but I, I i told them there was no way I was leaving that set without those two aprons. I'd pay them whatever I had to do. Right. But uh, they, they were coming home for me. I actually have one of them 
uh, that, that's autographed by everybody. I got everybody that was on the set to sign it. Uh, all the all the cast members, the uh, um, uh, the judges, and and Rutledge and uh, Lyric, and and everybody signed it. So uh, super cool. I got that hanging up in the office. I won't ever use that one. Right. Does it smell like set? Uh, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it was, it was clean. Um, we had a wardrobe department right, on set. They did a really good job. That's, that's probably the number one thing that everybody's asked, um, is about the clothes. Really? Why, why we never changed our clothes on set. Right. And it'd be, you know, episode one, two, three, four, all, we're all wearing the same clothes. And it is blown like the minds of the world uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that we have, we never change clothes because you get sweaty. Yeah. So the, the the answer, the simple answer, is that uh, you know the show does that on purpose. They gave us five or six sets of clothes um, to wear, and you know they had a wardrobe department. They kept everything nice and clean for us, and. Um, they do this so that everything stays the same. Right. Um, for one, that's, that's probably the biggest reason. Um, and you know, if you see somebody on episode one, you automatically recognize them on episode two. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's changed. Everything stays the same. And then two, it makes it easier to edit, you know? Um, so when you're watching these trailers and they want to get your attention, um, you know, they can show, they, they can take a clip from episode five and cl- blend it in with episode three. Right. And, and it, you wouldn't know the difference, but you, you still see the same people and you recognize the instantly. Um, so it, you know, that's, that's the biggest reason why they do these things the way they do. And if you think like uh, shows like master chef and, um, and stuff like that, uh, you know, they're basically the same way. Uh, it's just that they're wearing white jackets. You know, they're either wearing a white jacket with black trim or red trim. Right. I hadn't noticed that. Now, I, now I'll never unsee it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I've answered that question, I bet, like, I, I guarantee probably 400 times. Really? Yeah, nobody wants to know about how to cook this or that. It's like, why did y'all guys wear the same clothes the, the whole episode? I got to tell you, I didn't. I didn't even notice. But I did know. I noticed the. Um, I noticed that you're all, you know, pretty much wearing. Well, you were wearing the same stuff, but I guess there's that. There's a continuity there, and there's a comfort in it. I think for a lot of viewers, if you're binge watching. Yeah, but also, like you said, with the trailers, they can sort of edit a narrative that maybe isn't quite how the events unfolded for a trailer and make something look far more intriguing uh, than it may exactly. have. Yeah. Which is kind of naughty, but I get it. So you say you've been asked this about 400 times. Have you been quite busy with the media stuff after the show? Yeah. Yeah. It's been nuts. Uh, you know, uh, on September what 17th, uh, 2020, I was a normal guy, you know, that had, uh, 200 friends on Facebook and uh, <laughs> uh, about uh, 39 followers on Instagram and uh, flash forward. Yeah. It's, it's been nuts, uh, which is super cool. Cause I love talking to people. Yeah. You know, it's, 
it's it's super cool. And the fact that it was Netflix and that it went global. I've talked to people all over the world, uh, shared recipes and and things of that sort. And that's that's probably the coolest part for me is just, you know, people reaching out that and just the, you know, through barbecue. That's all, you know, that's that's the amazing thing about it. So fame at last then. I, you know, I don't call it fame. I, I tell everybody, you know, I get a lot of the, uh, oh, I can't believe you answered back or I can't believe you wrote me back or, you know, and, 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 uh, man, I'm just a, a normal guy. Uh, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. I just lucked out and got to cook barbecue on TV. Have you, um, you've been offered a TV show yet? Your own cooking show? No, I would oh. love it though. Um, <laughs> I, I got so, caught up in the way that that stuff works you know you don't realize it when you're watching it and you watch these shows i never realized it right uh the the amount that goes into it, the the people you know um i'll never forget that first morning early gosh the sun hasn't even came up yet and uh we pulled onto the set for the very first time and uh you just pull up and there's this field full of cars, you know, and you're like, why are all these people here? Is this like an audience or like what's going on? And it's, you, you realize it's the people that work there. Yeah. The people that are on that set to make this thing happen, you know, trailer. It's like, it's like a mini city that's set up in the, in the middle of nowhere um, with trailers and tents and just, all kinds of stuff and um, it, it, food trucks, you know, um, set up to keep everybody fed. And so it, it's, it's crazy the amount of uh, people that go into producing something like this. And that, that really blew my mind and I, I got into it. So I would love to do some more TV in the future. If anybody would have me, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do it. Um, it is it is super cool, super fun, um, and and like I said, just see what goes into it. It'll blow your mind. It, it does. It, it, it's it's crazy. So shows like that, they pick their contestants on uh, quite a few points of criteria, I guess. One of them with this show, obviously, you had to be a pit master or you know pretty handy and innovative in in the barbecue realm but the other one would have had to have been that you'd have to be like good for tv yeah i I guess (laughs) yeah um yeah they uh the whole process is just nuts um they reached out to me i would have probably never found them um but they reached out to me uh got a call one day and Hey, Los Angeles, California, we want to know if you're interested in doing a barbecue show on TV. Um, you know, um, at that at that point, it was it kind of how did you even find my number? Like, is this real? Yeah. Uh, sent an um, an email. I did a little bit of research and uh, investigating on my own. Found out it was legit. Um, filled out an application, and it's you know, and she told me you know, we called you, but it's not, that doesn't mean you're going to be on the show. We would you, we just found you and thought you might want to apply. 
Right. You go through this tedious process. It's a long, long journey. And um, eventually, yeah, I guess, you know, they, they told me they started out with like something like 2000 is what I've heard uh, people that they, they had applications for. Right. Uh, they narrow it down. Uh, you do interviews after interviews after interviews. And uh, I, I guess, you know, that a lot of that has to go into their decisions. Um, but of course, you got to be able to cook too. So um, did and, you do a cooking and, demo for them? Yeah, they, they make you prove it. Right. <laughs> uh, they, they definitely make you work for it. Right. Uh, they uh, eventually, when you get far enough into it, um, they make you do videos of you cooking um, the food. Um, they give you a list of some things that they want you to cook. You got to cook them, some pictures, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, you do got to, you, you can't wing it. <laughs> right. And, so, you, uh, so you have to cook that for them while they're there, or do you have to do this at home and document it? You got you. You actually do it at home. Right. Uh, the first uh, two or three was at home. I want to say it, it's, it's been so long now, uh, but I, I think the first two or three was at home, and then they actually called me and said that we want you to do, we want you to cook this. And we actually have somebody in your area that we're going to send you to, to, to do a taste test. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know, who, who's this going to be? And, uh, <laughs> it, it ended up being a, uh, a guy not too far from my hometown that I kind of knew. I, I knew who he was, but I'd never been to his barbecue. He had a barbecue restaurant in town. Right. I'd never been ate there or anything, but I'd kind of heard his story. I had some mutual friends that knew of him and um, things of that sort. So um, I got an email that I had to be there at this time, uh, bring my, uh, they wanted me to cook, uh, uh, was it uh, just a protein and a side? Right. And So explain what a protein uh, is for the, for the layman. A protein is a cut of meat, um, whether it be a pork butt, um, pork shoulder, a ham, um, you know, a steak, ribeye. They're all cuts of meat. They're they're all proteins. Um, And kind of in the culinary world, I guess the word meats have become proteins (laughs) now. (laughs) Right. My signature is, uh, as you see on the show, is uh, pulled pork. Anything, you know, ribs, pulled pork. They're, they're probably my two wheelhouses. So I did my uh, pulled pork for him. I did uh, a side of mac and cheese, uh, took it up there. He, he seemed to love it. He said he was going to give it great reviews. So it, it, it's, a, it's a very, very long process. Um, even when I was on the way to the airport, I still didn't know if I was going to fly to Atlanta. The flight was booked, but they told me they were going to be making cuts. You know, so even on my way to the airport, I still didn't know if I was going to be on the show or not. They told me they I, I want to say they were flying 15 people out to do one on one, like in person and, and things like that. And when I got there, there was only 10. So they had already made some cuts and didn't even send, you know, and, and send people home before they even left their airport. I lucked out. I got uh, the 10 and then we found out that there's only going to be eight on the show. 
<laughs> so uh we had two more to beat out um and then beat out i don't i don't think anybody was any better than anybody else right uh it's just who they chose was best for the show yeah we were there first night made it meet everybody had a great time said that the next morning we we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty uh we we're going to go see the set and things like that and uh when we got up early the next morning somewhere around 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning we we're down in the lobby and uh there's only eight of us there and that was it uh they had already <laughs> sent two people home were you with these people long enough to forge some sort of relationship or friendship or was it just like yeah, it, it was immediate. You know, we all went out that night and uh, had a great dinner and, and met each other and heard each other's stories and, and where they came from. And, you know, so, yeah, we would we had already kind of uh, uh, came together and, and formed a friendship with each other um, in just a few short hours that we were there. You know, we didn't even get to say goodbye to them. And it was just, yeah, we came and got them last night and. And, uh, you know, sent them home. So, um, it was tough, you know, um, we, we hated to hear that. Of course, we were glad that we had made the show. Yeah. Uh, obviously it, it was an immediate friendship with the whole cast. Um, I, I've gotten asked a lot of times, did you guys get asked to act, act? And no, no, we didn't. What you see on the show is a hundred percent real it's everybody's character and you know uh characteristics in real life that's and mannerisms stuff like that um it, it is what it is so one of the best bits for me in in the show uh cuz you said there's you know um no acting they didn't ask you because a lot of the times with reality tv there's a little bit of scenario making i think the moment when you had uh, you had a bit of a meltdown. The pressure got to you slightly. You almost yeah. threw the towel in, and I've yeah. And forgive me, I've forgotten the chap's name to the uh, to your right. Uh, R- Rashid. Rashid, stop what yeah. he was doing. He 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 was a. I, I got the feeling that Rashid is a, a natural leader from watching. Yeah. That. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, he was my pick. Of, of course, the first challenge going into it, you know, everybody met the first night in a couple of days and yeah, you're intimidated, you know, by these people. Uh, it will be hard not to. Um, I mean, these are some of the best cooks in America. And, you know, it was uh, the, everybody talked a big game that first night, you know, of course. Uh, so after the first episode, when it was actually uh, like game time, uh, let's see what you got type thing. Rashid was my pick to win it. I right. mean, from the get go, I was just like, this this guy can throw down. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's a great guy. Me and him are really good friends. We actually hit it off. The whole cast still uh, very close with each other. We still talk all the time. Uh, but me and Rashid probably talked the most out of everybody. You know? right. We're really close. Uh, we're, I've, I've got a trip. Uh, once things kind of settle down for both of us, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a trip out there. We're going to do some filming together. Uh, just, um, just some, 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 some cell phone selfie videos and yeah, yeah. 
get together and have a good time and do some cooking and stuff and uh, just see what comes about of it. Um, and, uh, and I know, uh, we've, we've got a couple things. He, he's super busy. He's got a, uh, his career's taken off. Um, you know, I got a lot going on. So, um, next, next, you know, probably after the holidays, maybe, um, yeah, we'll get together and, uh, kind of, kind of hang out and, and do some filming and stuff. So, it's going to be a good time. I that's, can't wait for that. That's amazing. That was a real defining moment for me in that show is when you, because you were trying, cause, because part of your story on the show is that you're, you're there to um, preserve the legacy of your, you know, your dearly departed friend, Big Worm, who, yeah, we'll, who we'll, yeah. get, we'll get on to, I think, in a minute. Um, yeah. And I think you were feeling that pressure of, of his... I don't want to say his spirit, but your idea of his expectations of that food yeah. and what it meant. And I think it just got to you a little bit. And of course it's probably quite hot. You've probably been filming yeah. for, I don't know how many days. And Rashid yeah. was just like, stop. Can't what, what exactly went wrong? And what, what was it that he did so, for you? And was there anything that we didn't see that he did? That, that episode was tough. Okay. And, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, we're cooking wild game. And um, I'd already had a rough morning. Uh, you know, of course, yeah, you're super tired. Um, yeah. uh, you're, you're literally, these these episodes, they will wipe you out. I mean, your adrenaline is, is just pumping for, um, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours straight. And, and by the end of it, you're exhausted and then you got to wake up early the next morning and kind of do it all over again. Um, so super, super exhausting for one. And, uh, two, I'd woke up with some bad news that morning. Uh, kind of already put my mind in a bad place. Um, uh, some news I got from back home and, um, it was just one of those days, you know, it was like one of, and we've all had them. It was, mm. it was those, those days that, nothing goes right you know just when you think you've seen it all um <laughs> something else happens and it's just like what next you know and um it was one of those things it was one of those days and um we were cooking wild game i got alligator and hare which is a wild rabbit and um uh, i wasn't very familiar with either one of the proteins uh, or the meats uh alligator or hare uh, so it kind of, you know, that didn't bother me. I, I can, I can get around that. Um, you know, you, and it's simple. If you've never cooked with something, you just, uh, your frying pan's your best friend. Right. Uh, you throw a little bit of seasoning in that you think would taste good on that certain object that you might be cooking, uh, throw it in a frying pan, whether it's a meat, vegetable, whatever it is, and, uh, fry it up real quick, taste it and get a get get an idea if you know from there so still intimidating i'm doing this on uh you know on television cooking <laughs> these things for the first time so uh i decided i was gonna smoke uh alligator and i had to do a uh rabbit stew basically um on top of that we had ingredients that we had to use um none of which i had ever cooked with before um i think we, we had yuca um chayote which is like a, um, it's, it, it, to me, it's kind of like an apple. I, I don't know what it is exactly. 
uh, but it tasted like a really, really sour apple. There was um, all kinds of stuff in that box. I decided to go with a yucca. It's kind of like a potato. Uh, and my original plan was I wanted to do these fries, like French fries, like almost like steakhouse um, French fries, um, kind of thick. And, and so that was my game plan for my menu. Uh, with smoked alligator, rabbit stew. I was going to do the yucca, um, fried French fries type things. And um, I was going to do the chayote. I was going to do like an apple cobbler, you know, uh, type thing, like an apple crisp. First thing that went wrong, my stew burned, um, which, you know, if you burn a stew, that taste is really, really hard to get out. Right. Uh, you almost have to start over. Uh, so the time frame didn't allow me to start the stew over. I had to just uh, try to get a new pot, which we're cooking it on an open fire. You know, I'm pretty decent at cooking stew, but <laughs> I've never really done it over open fire. So that was that was something new to me. Uh, my stew burned. I had to throw some tomato paste in it, uh, try to take the burn taste out. That's a good way to absorb that burn taste. And um just start over basically, uh, you know, get, get what I could out of that stew, uh, started in a new one that happened while that happened. My yucca basically turned into mush, Brian, <laughs> which uh, like you don't think of it on the show because your, 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 your mind is going a million miles a minute. Mm hindsight now i'm like why didn't i just take those mash them up and do like a like a potato cake like a fried potato cake you mm. know almost like you would do with like leftover mashed potatoes or something like that yeah um you know throw some egg in it some flour uh and just fry it up and uh, I, I don't know why that just never crossed my mind when, when in, in the million things that are going on um so i just i decided i was going to do like mashed potatoes with them um, and that, and that's the route I went. So I was super frustrated. And I mean, yeah, um, the, the production, they pick up on that frustration. So, uh, when they see that you're, you're kind of having a bad day and some bad moments, there's 15 <laughs> cameras, there's yeah. 15 cameras that are like literally <laughs> a foot and a half away from your face. And, uh, and it's just like, Hey guys, man, give me just a minute. Like, let me. That's what they want. Let me take a deep breath, like just kind <laughs> of clear my head, and then let me go, you know. But geez, like holy cow, I cannot do this with all of you guys sitting right here in front of me. So yeah, it, it, it's tough. That's that's the tough part about being on TV, you know. Yeah. And that that real moment, it was, you know, that's what I wanted. I just give me one minute. Let me just let me just clear my head. Let me just think and 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 get back to it you know uh come come let's go from there so but yeah rashid uh he stepped in um you know he 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 was really uh a big big help uh to me on that episode and he come over he he gave me a hand with the alligator tail because obviously uh you know that, that it's really a two-man job right i mean thing was so tender and it was you know to get it out you really needed four sets of hands to uh to get it over to the station so uh he gave me a hand uh we got that all wrapped up got it going 
um, the best I could. And it, it wasn't my best cook. I mean, I barely squeaked by in that episode, but, um, you know, it, it, he did, he came over and, um, he really gave me a hand and there was a lot of that, you know, you got to understand that these episodes, there's 12, 13 hours of filming mm. in these episodes and you get cut down to 45 minutes is what you see. Um, so there was, there was, there was times that all of us had our moments, you know, mine was obviously the best one in most TV. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember, uh, no matter how frustrating it was at the end of the day, when we all got back in a van, we had this big black van that they all transported us in back and forth from the set to the hotel. And, uh, at the end of the day, no matter how it went, we all got back in the van and said, you know what? That was fun. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it was what it was. It was, it was good times and bad times, but at the end of the day, it was still a, a really, really cool opportunity. Um, you know, one of the questions that I kept, 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 kept having when I was watching the show was that you, you know, they count down your final 10 seconds, the hosts, and then they go, show me the meat. And everyone yeah. have to, and everyone have to stop, and then you play it up, and you bring the food to the judges, and you yeah. take it in turns, right? How do you keep that that food hot? And is there certain parts of it where you think, go, this has to go to the judges right now. This can't be left in a heating, uh, some sort of heating unit or or anything like that because it will just get rubbery or whatever. How do you do that? So, without, I don't know if I'm it liberty to say or not but i'll i'll tell you um, go for it uh kind of kind of how it, how it goes what you don't see on camera is that we we actually make three plates when we turn in right okay um so one is a judge's plate yeah one is what we they call a beauty plate and that's the one that you'll see in the nice uh slow-mo pick you know and they do some cool photography you know with those Three is what they call the tasting plate. So uh, what they would do is is the process would, uh, when we're done and they called time, uh, which is real. A lot of people wanted to know, you know, I've heard conspiracy theorists, oh, it was fake, this and that. No, it was very, very real. So that the judges got a good idea of what, you know, and it was good, hot and fresh. That's that taster's plate is what they got. Right. So they they got they got to go through them off camera and, and taste immediately. Mm-hmm. So they, so, you know, so because obviously when you're doing those uh, tasting uh, and you're filming the tasting, yeah, I imagine it takes about an hour. Yeah, it takes literally about I'd say probably closer to 20, 30, 40 minutes a person. Right. You know, uh, and and there's reasons why and stuff like that. We won't get into that, but. Uh-oh. FedEx. So, <laughs> I thought it was uh, a dog's name for a minute. I was like, FedEx? Uh, yeah, that's that's my buddy Hoosier. He he uh <laughs> he keeps an eye on things around here. So so that's that's kind of how it worked, and that's how that's how I, the judges had a really good idea of whose was best. Right. And do they make detailed notes? Because it's because uh, you've got because to to then uh to then taste so what so they're tasting a second plate for the filming which i guess has been put put in a put on a hot plate or something 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so they're sort of regurgitating their previous thoughts. It must be quite difficult, you know. They must be pretty disciplined with how they do that, so that that they're retaining the uh, the right tastes, the right notes, or you know, the from the palate and all, you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were they were spot on. Mm. I mean, everything, especially Melissa, she was unbelievable. You couldn't get anything past her. <laughs> and like I knew there was one episode where uh I cooked ribs again. It was it was the ribs episode. Um and just out of the spirit of competition, I didn't want to do the same ribs that I'd already cooked in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, even though they really liked them and they really liked that sauce that I put on them, I decided I was gonna go a different route. <laughs> that was stupid. I should have never done that. Uh, but um, you know, I knew I knew that my sauce was too spicy. And I tried everything that I could do to try to cut it down. Um, I put every kind of sweet that I could think of in it. I put sugar, I put brown sugar, I put honey, I put uh just anything I could think of that would cut the spice. Mm down a little bit i put a little bit more tomato down in it and i just knew i knew i was gonna get hit for that sauce and uh i did they she 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 picked right up on it you know so uh she was she's tough man she she could tell you things she would taste things and a lot of people think it was just all well you know she's over off camera watching and hearing what we're doing and what we're putting in it Uh uh-uh she could, I was putting stuff in it that I never even mentioned on camera and she would pick up on it. Right. And, uh, and tell me what I put in it. And, you know, when you're cooking for somebody like that, that's, that's tough, man. That is, that that's, that's hard to do whether you realize it or not. And what, what place did you, I mean, spoiler alert now for anyone who hasn't seen it, but, yeah, uh, you, yeah. you, you didn't win. I didn't win. Um, actually, finished fourth. Yeah, fourth. fourth is good. Fourth is great. Yeah, yeah. And the, the what's the judge's name who gave you that 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 really um, it was a really emotional speech. She took the time to Kevin Bledsoe. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. I should have written these down. He's he's great, man. I love Kevin, Melissa. They're great. They were great mentors just while we were there to be able to pick their brains and stuff. You know. Um. And, and meet them and be with them for, uh, you know, people would pay thousands of dollars for an opportunity like that, just to go and hang out with them, mm. you know, and, and be able to pick their brains like we were able to do while we were there. And, um, you know, the advice that they're able to give and stuff like that, it, it, it was worth this weight in gold, um, you know. So, yeah, Kevin was great. I still talk to Kevin a lot, um, just through social media and stuff and, and keep up with what he's going on. He's got a lot going on. He's got a cookbook he's working on. Um, you know, so he, he's got some really cool things going and, um, yeah, I, I think the, I think the world of both of them, even, even Rutledge and Lyric, they were great, you know, to work with. Rutledge was really cool. I actually, uh, grew up in, in kind of the NASCAR community, uh, America. And, uh, my dad was a crew chief at one time in NASCAR and I kind of grew up in racing myself. And, um, 
you know, so, so I was a little starstruck that he was there, um, you know, as, as one of the hosts. So that was something I wanted to tap into as well is, you know, I wanted to get to the, the root of why you love barbecue so much, because I think I remember messaging my producer, uh, Harry, when I was, uh, watching it, um, watching the show as, you know, research. Um, and I was like, Dude loves barbecue like I love rock and roll. Do you know what I mean? It's like church for you. Yeah, it is. It's like a spiritual thing for you. It is. So where is this a cultural thing? Is this the, is it where where were you born? What's what's the history of barbecue within your I was born in North Carolina and um in beautiful place. North Carolina is known for two things really. Um we're known for our basketball. We got the the Duke UNC. Um uh rivalry probably biggest rivalry in sports here in america and um probably one of the biggest in the world i'd say um and then you've got barbecue uh that's the two things we're really known for in this state and it's a tradition you know it's it's we grew up when i think barbecue as a kid um we had these things we call them pig pickings in North Carolina. Right. And, um, that was when the family got together. You were having a big uh, event where uh, a lot of people were coming over, uh, whether it be at church or uh, some kind of function or something like that, you know, family reunions. You would have pigs and uh, we would cook whole hog, is what we call them. It was, it was a tradition. That was really the only time you got to eat barbecue was during these pig pickings, you know. Sometimes you were lucky enough to go to a um like a barbecue restaurant, but that may be, you know, every once in a while. Mm. Um, so I kind of grew up on it and got into it at an early age. I mean, what kid, young kid doesn't like playing with knives and fire all night, you know? <laughs> and, and staying up way past your bedtime. Yeah. Uh, so uh I got into it at an early age. Um some of the guys from church, I remember, uh, I was probably only, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, eight, nine, 10 years old, somewhere in there. Let me and a buddy stay up all night and hang up with, uh, hang out with them at church, cook a, cook a whole pig and see how it was done from start to finish. You know, I just, I, I loved it. I was like, man, this is super cool. I want to be able to do this. When I get older, I want to be one of these guys out here cooking it. I just, uh, I kind of developed from there. Um, started doing some whole hog cooking that led into doing butts, uh, the Boston butt type, you know, uh, 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 cooking with pulled pork led into doing ribs, spare ribs and, um, St. Louis style ribs, baby back ribs. Uh, and then, uh, my love grew even more. I wanted, uh, I wanted to know what, um, other, other parts of the country, how they were doing it, you know, um, I wanted to learn how Kansas City does it. I want to learn how Texas does it, how Georgia does it, um, how California does it, you know, come up with my own, you know, out of what I see from their styles. Because every region in, in the United States and in the world, for that matter, has their way of doing things as far as a barbecue. So that that's kind of what led into my passion, uh, you know, was uh, – just the tradition that barbecue holds here in North Carolina. It's what we're known for. And 
and I was I was just intrigued uh, by it instantly. And uh, I was I was a grandma's boy growing up, uh, right. so spent a lot of time at grandma and grandpa's and stuff like that. So um, you know, I, one of my favorite things to do when I was three, four, or five years old was you know help grandma cook in the kitchen uh all her cakes and pies and stuff like that so so i love cooking from an early age and uh i, I never thought that i would be to the point where uh i could say i'd, I'd do it professionally but here, here we are here we are that's uh, it and at the beginning of the show you said something that i thought was really good and i'd like you to explain it if you can because i've never actually had barbecue like like barbecue on the show Barbecue here in the UK is like a hot dog and some burgers on the yeah maybe some yeah. Ch- chicken uh, wings or what or whatever but yeah uh, we do have we do have a whole hog thing but we don't have the culture of it like you guys do yeah and at the beginning yeah. of the show you said something about like you've got the Methodists the something out and I can't remember and then the whole but tell me what that is explain the thinking behind that because I thought that was really cool. Um, that, yeah, that was fun. I've, I've gotten, uh, a lot of people, uh, uh, I've even had, uh, people send me t-shirts that they've had made. I was going to say, put it on a shirt. Yeah. And I may be missing out on, uh, on not doing it myself, but, uh, um, so basically on the show, I said, uh, I think it was down South. You barbecue is like a religion. Uh, you've got the Baptist, the Methodist, and you got the Church of the Holy Smoke, uh, and uh, that is uh, it's a true story, man. It is that that's what I think of when I think of barbecue. When I, you know, it's commercialized now, and I think the the world in general, you know, versus thirty years ago, it. it it is it is kind of commercialized, and you see a lot more barbecue restaurants, and uh, everybody eats out more and and things like that than you know we did say thirty years ago, and it, th- that's kind of the way it was. When I think about childhood, thirty the way it was, you know, we all went to church, and then we all went out to eat, and it, a lot of times after church, it was barbecue. So your relationship with barbecue and the food and the flavors is of um, great times in childhood, of spending time with your grandmother, That's co- it. community. Yeah. yeah. To me, when I think barbecue, I always think tradition. I, I, I think those two go hand in hand. And that doesn't mean just here in the South. That doesn't mean here in North Carolina uh, that barbecue is a tradition. That's like I said, barbecue is a tradition all over the world. It just depends on where you're at in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, North Carolina does whole hogs, and that's that's kind of our traditional story. But, you know, it's like I've talked to people down in Argentina. I talked to a guy down there. It was really cool, and we, we shared some uh, – some recipes and um and I, I taught him how I do things up here and 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 he kind of showed me his whole uh way of doing like whole goat and lamb and um and and things that they're they're known for and the way they do it you know so and that's their tradition you know he said that the the recipes that he gave me had been handed down in his family for years mm. uh, so uh you know barbecue is one of those foods that you know it, it, it almost is it's, it's, it's almost like 
cult-like. It's, it's this tradition, you know, everybody cooks a good burger, but nobody cares about a good burger. You know, there are a dime a dozen, uh, <laughs> but who can, who can cook the best barbecue, you know, yeah. and, you know, anybody will give you a burger recipe, but they won't give you their barbecue sauce recipe. You know, uh, I've got one in my family that's been handed down, you know, that's the, you just kind of, you, you use it, you know, that's your thing. It's what you're known for. It's like your family shield almost, you know, is, uh, <laughs> is, is that, that famous barbecue recipe. So I've also noticed that it's a communal thing because it yeah. seems like a lot of the time that the actual act, the cooking, the preparation of barbecue is a team thing. And that's yeah. part of the challenge of the show for you, isn't it? Is that you're doing yeah. it, it's a one man or one woman band Absolutely. and you're having to be a, a, a barbecue superhero. You're going to have you, but I would, I would um, assume that uh, that's not how it's done normally. And you yeah. have your team and you, and it brings people together and you've got to use, you know, two or three people to get the hog on the thing. You've got to build the, um, build the pit and someone's got to man it and watch it. And then of course there's so much produced from, from hog yeah. That, yeah. That, that you have to share and it becomes a, a, a central piece of community, not just food. Barbecue is so, um, yeah, I'd say it's probably the most. And when we say barbecue, like you were saying earlier, even, even in parts of the United States, I think really anywhere outside of the South, up into Virginia, Northern Virginia, and then kind of East or, or West of Tennessee in that area, barbecue is, is considered anything, hamburgers, hot dogs, um, you know, what, whatever it may be. Um, the South kind of considers barbecue as a different thing. We consider it, you know, anything that's, um, cooked over fire basically using wood smoke coal um whatever it may be to cook with low slow smoked in a certain way uh and that's what we call barbecue we call we we, we call hot dogs and hamburgers grilling you know? <laughs> uh if i if i'm cooking hot dogs and hamburgers i'm grilling i'm not i'm not barbecuing so so that's kind of that's kind of a thing that's kind of the way we look at it and barbecue takes so long. Good barbecue takes so long, in my opinion. Now, there's new methods that are coming out that you can do it a lot hotter and faster than the more traditional ways like I do things. Uh, what we call low and slow cooking yeah. at a low low temperature and long time period. There's new methods, and that's cool. You know, it's just not what I use. Yeah, uh, I usually use traditional low, slow and that takes a very long time. You know, when you're talking uh, pork butts, by the time I prepare them and stuff like that, I've got 10, 10 hours, 10, 11 hours into them. So it doesn't make any sense to, if, you, if you're going to cook for 11 hours, you might as well cook and, and feed a bunch of people yeah. versus uh, just one or two. So it, it does. It brings people together. Uh, and, uh, you know, I... I that's the thing that makes it special is it's not something that people have all the time. Right. Especially when you're coming, you know, uh, when you're, when you're talking about these family get togethers and things of that sort, that, that, that food, it's not like a, uh, 
hamburger or hot dog that was cooked up in, in 10, 10 minutes. There's a lot of love that went into that barbecue. Uh, uh, man hours, sweat, preparation, tending fires, uh, just a whole lot to get it to the point that it is where you're sitting there and enjoying it. You know, it, it's a labor of love. It is. Uh, it, it, and I don't get, that's to me is where I get the enjoyment of, is when uh, I've worked for 10, 15 hours preparing something and people are finally getting to enjoy it. It's gone in 15 or 20 minutes. People come up to you and, and, and want to tell you how good it is. Uh, yeah. That, that's what does it for me. That's what puts a smile on my face more than anything. I was watching uh, a documentary on, um, again, on Netflix. It's The Chef's Table, the barbecue series of Chef's Table. Great. I'm, sure, yeah, I'm great. sure you probably saw it. Um, uh, and they had Rodney Scott on there, who's from, I think he's from Charleston. Is that, that's North Carolina, isn't it? He's he's in South Carolina. Ah, right? sorry. Yeah, but not very far from me at all. Right. Um, Great episode. One of my favorite episodes uh, in in that series was Rodney Scott. Yeah, uh, he's he's an amazing amazing cook, uh, and and the way he does whole hogs is is unbelievable. Um, I've had his I've had his cooking. Um, it it is super super good, um, and and I'm actually um, planning. Uh, me and Rashid are um, planning a uh, trip down there. We've talked to Rodney. He's, he's been in contact with him and, um, and we're going to go down there and uh, I hope get a chance to meet Rodney himself and, uh, but, but check his place out and uh, maybe do a little video and stuff while we're there. So I can't, I can't wait for that. Is this a possible reconnaissance mission, Ashley, for you two to go into business and have your own restaurant? I wish man. Um, Rashid's super cool guy. He is, he's got a lot going on right now. I've got a lot going on. I, I would never pass up the opportunity because he, he is, he's an amazing cook. Uh, out of everybody on that show, I know, uh, you know, another spoiler alert. Um, I know Rashid didn't win, but in my, in my eyes, I think he was the biggest winner of that show um, because people are going to see him and he's, he's going to take off. He's going to have great success. I wish him nothing but the best and, and everybody that was on the show. Um, I think it's, it's gave us all an amazing opportunity um, to run with and, and kind of, you know, take our passion to the next level and talking to everybody. It sounds like everybody's doing that. Um, Rashid has uh, got a lot going on. He's, he's got an apron out now. Uh, he's got a, a, he's always, he's, he's, always had a line of sauces out that he produces. Um, he's got a beer that's coming out. that's a smoked uh, beer <laughs> that he smokes. Himself. He smokes the hops. Right. Uh, I can't wait to try that. Um, uh, he's it just, just the food business is going nuts for him. Miss Tina's got a website out now. Miss, uh, I think it's Tina Cannon cooks, uh, com. Uh, Grubs just saw he's got a food trailer coming. Uh, so, so uh, like everybody's doing great uh, and taking advantage of the show. Uh, it's, it's it's super cool to see just you know, what an opportunity of just uh, this does for everybody. You know, yeah. 
And what was interesting from that Rodney Scott episode was that he said that the the origins of barbecue was that, um, as we said, that you can feed a lot of people for relatively cheap, I guess, if if you're being economic about it. And there's there's a history of it on the slave plantations of being uh, an effective and cheap way of feeding the the workforce. Was yeah. there was there was there a barbecue culture brewing before that? Or is that the inception of what we know is as barbecue now? I think um, when you look back at barbecue, I think barbecue is probably one of the earliest foods ever cooked. Yeah. Uh, was like I said, when you look at when you look at the definition of barbecue, like I was saying earlier here in the South, the way we think of it is is anything cooked over wood or fire. Yeah. Well, you know, that's all they had dating back as far as man really yeah uh to the point where man found fire yeah they've been cooking over fire forever and i think uh a lot as far as flash forward thousands of years um you know when we start to colonize uh colonize the united states you know that that was a big part of it that was a big part of our history uh unfortunately was slavery and I, I do. I think a lot of uh, the history of barbecue here in the United States gets lost in that period. You know, I watched a um, I watched a documentary um, just a couple of days ago of a young man down in South Carolina himself that's a uh, inspiring pitmaster. You know, they talk about uh, they released I think uh, top ten influential barbecuers in America right now. They're all white people. I think Melissa was actually on that list. Uh, Melissa Cookston, uh, Tuffy Stone, Myron Mixon. But you didn't see any black people. You didn't see any black uh, pitmasters. That kind of, that, that in, in the video that I was watching, he, he kind of was taken back by that. Um, and there is, there's a lot. Rodney Scott is, that was the coolest story of barbecue that I think I'd ever been told. My favorite part of that whole episode was, uh, you know, him graduating high school and, uh, having plans to go off and do these big, great things. And so, and somebody telling him that you'll never be any more than a barbecue cook down at the, you know, local restaurant in a way it, it was true. Yeah. But it, you could tell it was, it was meant in a way that that didn't inspire to what is currently going on rodney's a great guy he's very successful he's got a huge uh clientele that that wants to know him he's been all around the country cooking hogs and i mean uh you know just by what it to me it, it it's it shows like you've got to follow what your passion is in life whatever your passion is you got to go for it or you're never going to be happy yeah for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I sold cars for almost 15 years and uh, really thought that that was the life for me. I thought that the car business, uh, you know, uh, working at the dealership, that was that was my career. Being on the show and getting to do what you love for that long a time, that it made me realize I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm wasting my time. Yeah. I want to pursue what 
I want to do. And and I think if you do that, you're going to be successful. And Rodney showed that. And and that was the coolest part. That was, that was a really, really cool story to see how uh, he took what he had in his family's business and grow it and turn it into something of his own and, and just how successful he is. That, that, that was, that's a cool story. The other cool story, and I want to touch on the fact that you said it was a cool barbecue story. You said it was one of the best barbecue stories you've ever heard which I thought was yeah. really interesting because you can frame a lot of great narratives around barbecue, almost like it's it's not the focal point of the story. It's almost like old samurai stories or something like that where there's, there's the, the an underdog or there's a story of growth and um, triumph. And, and at the heart of that is, you know, something like the samurai sword or the electric guitar. Do you know what I mean? And... And that was interesting that you, you can frame these things. I guess you frame them around barbecue, yeah. Yeah, 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 you can. I mean, um, just like everybody else, you know, uh, whatever your niche, no matter how big or small it is, you know, you know success, you know who's been successful, yeah. you know. So, so somebody like me that's been in uh, barbecue for a long time and kind of followed the barbecue world, they know people like Melissa Cookston. Um, who was a judge on the show. Um, you know, names like uh, Tuffy Stone, Myron Mixon, uh, Rodney Scott. These these are names that are very common in barbecue. Now, now, ordinary people in the common world that are outside of that niche might not know who they are. Yeah. But they're, you know, if you're in close ties to barbecue, then you automatically know who these people are. Mo Kaysan, you know, mm. uh, Big um, Kevin Bloodstone. You, you you know these names and you look up to those, these people and you admire who they are and, and what they've done in their careers uh, to get and be su- as successful as they are in your niche. So, uh, and I think that goes for anything, you know, whether it be uh, like uh, fishing or sports and stuff like that, you know, um, you know who the, the, who the top people are in your, what you keep up with. In your field. Yeah. Um, That's right. Another great story from that documentary series was Tutsi um, Tamantes. Have you ever had uh, her food? I have not. I'd love to go down there and um, and try it though. That's an amazing story too. That was my two favorite episodes. Was uh, Rodney Scott and Tootsie on the the Chef's Table series? Yeah. And if you haven't watched, just a background that what an amazing woman holy cow oh incredible um she was what was it 80 80 in her in her 80s and um still works full-time as a janitor at a college cooks barbecue and not just uh cooks barbecue but does it the old-fashioned way of shoveling coals is what we like to say yeah you know where you make your own charcoal you burn the wood and wood barrels and you're shoveling it into pits all night long it's hot it's hard. It's, it's a workout. Yeah. And this lady has been doing this for years and just, it's hard for me being in my late thirties. So I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a female 80 years old doing it. Yeah. Uh, But she does it. And man, I'd love to get down there and try it. I've heard good things. Mm. Um, and I guess we should probably talk about another great barbecue story, and I'm sure it's a great one. 
Big Worm. Yeah. Would you consider his story to be a great barbecue story as well? Yeah. So uh, me and Big Worm, just a little uh, background of where we came from. Uh, Big Worm was my uh, best friend from high school all the way on to uh, uh, in life. And it was one of those friends that when we met, we just kind of instantly hit it off. I remember being new in new school, having a couple classes together and just uh, uh, we just uh, immediately we were just good friends. And um, that carried out through uh, after high school. Uh, We kept up. We're, we're best friends, talked to each other, hung out just about every day, uh, ended up living together for a little while as roommates uh, shortly after high school, those early 20 years, you know, and uh, kind of doing the bachelor pad thing uh, <laughs> for a little while. And um, and that, that's that's really when our cooking uh, took off. He, he had bought a house. I, I, I moved in, turned it into our little bachelor pad type deal, uh, had parties every weekend. And then we cook, do whole hogs, uh, ribs, and, and and cook some barbecue. And everybody always seemed to love it. I don't know. We just always thought maybe they'd had too much to drink. And, uh, <laughs> you know, any anything tastes good then. But we, we kept on. And uh, uh, that eventually turned into us doing some uh, barbecue competitions and getting into that world. Uh, flash forward, uh, kind of long story short, uh we got some bad news that um, Big Worm had actually had a brain tumor. Uh, turns out that brain tumor was uh, cancer. And uh, about six months later, we ended up, he, he ended up passing away. Um, so that was tough. Um, you know, we were as close as brothers, you know many trips that we had took together and families and uh you know it, it was tough uh, losing a best friend i've never done that before and uh, that was hard to do that's hard to go through hard to watch so there at the end uh, things were things were getting pretty bad um we ended up taking a trip he wanted to get out and go do something as i think anybody would mm. you know when you that prognosis um and uh somebody's put a put a time period on your life for you he wanted to do something you know um and we we, at first uh he wanted to rent a motorhome and go all over the country and uh we were on board with it we were like yeah we we had three or four of our friends that uh uh kind of made the commitment and um arrangements would work and uh said hey look we may be gone for a little while. So, uh, we uh, kind of originally planned on that, um, after a little bit more preparation and thinking about it, uh, it didn't make much sense to do that because, uh, he didn't want to be too far away from his doctor. So we decided to do a mountain trip here in North Carolina. So, uh, packed up, went to the mountains, uh, hung out for about three or four days. It was a great time. Uh, got a cabin up there, uh, took some smokers, did some cooking, and hung out. It was great. It was like nothing was wrong. It was, uh, he got around pretty good. He At this point in time, he was in a scooter and uh, couldn't walk very well and, and stuff like that. The cancer kind of spread, and uh, it was affecting his body. Uh, but he could get around pretty good on a scooter and, and things like that. So uh, 
had a great weekend. Um, was able to do some some sightseeing and uh, kind of hang out and go do some cool stuff while we were up there. And um, that Monday when we got home, uh, we got home Sunday. That Monday he was uh, taken to the hospital. That that's the trip that he never never made it back. Um, so it, it was tough. But while we were up there, he mentioned um, he was a single guy. You know, he, he was single, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids. He was worried that, you know, his legacy was done, that kind of if, if he passed, that nobody would remember him. He didn't have a wife or children to, uh, you know, carry out his name. So that got me thinking, what can I do, you know, to try to bring some kind of peace of mind or something, you know? Mm. And, um, I remember I got, I got on the horn with my, um, one of my graphics guys that had, uh, kind of done some logo work for us in the past and told him an idea that I had. And I came up with, uh, changing the name of our barbecue team to, uh, big worms legacy barbecue. Mm. And, uh, I used a, a picture of, uh, uh, of him after he had his brain surgery. Um, he was super proud of. Uh, because he was like, you know, I survived brain surgery. Who can say they've had brain surgery and, you know, had this uh, crazy scar that went all around his, uh, the front of his head. Right. But he was proud of it, you know, <laughs> where a lot of people would be embarrassed. Uh, man, he wanted to go out and show that thing off. So uh, I, I took the image of that picture and uh, kind of made it into our logo. And I was able to show it to him before he passed. And uh, he was he was super excited to see it. It made his day. So um, so that, that's uh, kind of flash forward. Um, now we've got Legacy Barbecue, which is uh, uh, we've got some lines of sauces and uh, rubs that, that are coming out soon and uh, a food truck that's going to be up and running. So, uh, you know, it, it's crazy to see how that promise that I made to him, uh, that I was going to keep his, his legacy that everybody was going to know big worm has come, you know, it's, it's gotten a thousand times further than I ever thought it would. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and it's, and it's forever on the, on the show. It's immortalized on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the coolest part about it. When we, um, when we started filming, that was the number one thing that I wanted to get in. I was like, you know, I was like, look, if you can just give me five minutes, uh, you know, and they were, they were super cool with it. They loved it, you know? So, um, we, we ran with the idea and, and it's crazy now, you know, like I said, I've had, people all over the world that have hit me up and have gotten on YouTube or watched one of my videos or something and said, um, Hey, we cook big worms ribs, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, it never gets old. You know, I will never get tired of seeing that. Um, just because every time I see that, I think of him and I'm thinking, man, look at this, you know, you were worried that nobody was going to know who you were. <laughs> now a guy down in Brazil is cooking your ribs. <laughs> That's amazing. You know? What would, uh, what would worm think of, uh, of the show and everything now? Oh, he was here. Uh, one of the things we used to do 
back in our little bachelor pad days was there was a TV show called Barbecue Pitmasters. Right. And where a lot of those people that I mentioned earlier got their start and that's where they got their fame. Right. Uh, yeah, we're already well known in the barbecue world, but doing that show, I mean, by far skyrocketed their careers. And we used to watch that show. You know, that's what got us uh, thinking, you know, about the barbecue uh, competitions. Where would we rank? You know, we'd watch those shows and, and pick up tips. He loved reality TV. So that was one of his favorite things. So the, the fact that if he was still here and I was on a TV show or he was on a TV show, he he, he would, you wouldn't be able to knock a smile off his face because we <laughs> We've that was one of our favorite things to do was uh, around the house was watching these reality shows, whether it be barbecue or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Amazing. Well, we've got one more thing to talk about, I think, and that's Big Worms Legacy YouTube channel, which I watched a little bit of recently. Yeah, it's a charming channel. It's a little it's a little rough around Uh, the edges, uh, but there's a charm in that, I think. Yeah. I do have some uh, YouTube videos up. It's uh, Big Worms Legacy Barbecue. Uh, you guys can check it out. Uh, it is very rough around the edges right now. It's just uh, things that I've thrown together. The uh, My um, editing ability is very, very lacking. <laughs> so uh, so um, it, it, it is. It's, it's rough around the edges, but I've tried to um, be as informative uh, as I can during these videos. Uh, so please check them out. Laugh at them. They're, they, they are. They're, they're a little. You can tell. Uh, I'm no professional video editor. I'm, <laughs> I'm more professional barbecuer. Yeah. Um, but the good news is stay tuned to that channel because I've got some really, really cool stuff coming up. I've got a uh, company locally that's uh, that I'm working with that we're going to do some some more professional uh, style videos yes. that should be a little bit more easier to watch. Uh, so uh, that's that's coming really soon. We've got that scheduled. They're going to come over one day and we're going to spend a good 12 hours um, of nothing but filming. Um, so uh, they're going to they're going to film. We're going to do. Uh, four, five, six cooks during that 12-hour 12, 12 video, uh, doing more professionally, and 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 still still kind of keep the, the same vibe of the videos, but they're gonna they're gonna look way better. It's gonna a lot easier for the eyes and ears. <laughs> well I'm gonna subscribe if I haven't already and uh, keep an eye out for them. Tell me about when the when the rubs and sauces are coming out. Yeah so um, I'm working very hard the rubs done. Right, uh, but it's a it's a it's a process when you're going and, and doing this for the first time, um, and the, and the sauce is not quite there. I got a test product the other day. I still got to adjust it a little bit, um, and, and and it's 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 more so getting it to your liking. Um, yeah, and tell the bottling company what what it needs more of. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you've never been in this, this is a very process. It's it's uh, you've got to send them in a sample of yours. You've got to send in a weighted recipe 
So it can't just be like tablespoons or milliliters or gram. You know, you, you got to use exact, you got to use a gram to the, to the tenth milliliters, all that good stuff and, and weigh it all out and send them in that recipe. They try to reproduce it and you kind of go back and forth until you get it right. So, um, nailed the rub. The, the rub is, um, very happy with it. Just got to get the, the sauce right. Um, so I'm hoping that by mid November we'll be good. And, uh, we can throw out like a, um, a Christmas special. So, uh, and, and get the orders out in time for Christmas. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the game plan. Still chugging along on that. When we get the sauce right, it's, it's done. All right. And then one final one is, uh, Instagram. Where can we find you? Yeah. So, um, uh, I do a lot of, most of my pictures, like food pictures and stuff. And, um, sometimes I'll do some recipes and stuff on Instagram. Um, it's Ashley Thompson barbecue, just my full name, BBQ. Look me up, give me a follow on there. Um, that's where I put most of my barbecue pictures and stuff like that up. So, uh, uh, you can follow me there. You can follow me on Facebook, Big Worms Legacy Barbecue on Facebook, or you can look me up, Ashley Thompson. I think I still got a little bit of room <laughs> left on Facebook before I got to <laughs> create a, another page or something. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, mate. Absolutely. Thank you. It's great talking to you as well. And, um, and, and I'd love to... Uh, get over there your way and, and do some cooking one day. So oh, that'd be great. Send, send some folks my way. We'll make it happen. <laughs> awesome. And shout out big worm one more time. Hey, thanks buddy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the giant pod. That was Ashley Thompson, the Pitmaster from the hit Netflix show the American Barbecue Showdown. If you want to catch up with what he's doing after the show, we're going to leave a link in the show note descriptions and you can catch up with the Netflix show in there as well. Uh, Leave us a review, like, share it with a friend, comment, subscribe, do everything you can. If you want to follow the show on social media, the handle is at the giant pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that is at Andy underscore S1S. This show was produced by Harry Williams, who went the whole hog with this one. <laughs> see what I did there? Thanks again for listening. I will see you next week on The Giant Pod.